This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. For more information on how they can help you. Hi, this is John Biney. You're listening to TV Confidential. Well, let's hear it for him. Come on, come on out here. I'll never forget the day Little League Baseball came to Harvey, Illinois. Every boy from age 8 years old to 12 years old was as excited as if it was the night before Christmas. Tryouts were over at Winter School Playground at 4 p.m. I hit good, and I fielded good, and I ran good, and I threw good. And at the end of it all, Mr. Turnbull announced who had made the team, and he announced my name. And I was so happy. And he said, there's going to be a parade in downtown Harvey, down to the new Little League field. Wow. Glory be. And then he said something that made my heart sink. He said, we're going to have to have $35 each guy. Well, he might as well have said $35,000, because there was no way I was going to get $35. Ed Robertson, welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us as we welcome back our friend Tom Dreesen. Tom Dreesen, true pioneer in the world of comedy and one of the most groundbreaking, well-respected, and beloved entertainers of all time. Tom Dreesen, of course, traveled the country for 14 years as the opening act for Frank Sinatra, a man whom Tom came to know both as a mentor and a very close friend. Tom has also performed with such artists as Sammy Davis Jr., Smokey Robinson, Liza Minnelli, Natalie Cole, and for six years, actor-comedian Tim Reed, during which time Tim and Tom broke many barriers as the first and only interracial stand-up comedy team. While Tom's work with Tim Reed and Frank Sinatra are both stories under themselves, they are also just two chapters in a life story that in many respects embodies the American dream. Tom Driesen shares his life story in full for the first time in a new memoir that we'll tell you about in just a second. But first, we began our conversation by telling Tom, I, I said this to you a couple of weeks ago, I'll say this to you again. As much as I loved Tim and Tom, Still Standing is even better because this, this book is really about you. Yeah, it, it's really a journey. You know, as I, whenever somebody says, well, describe your book, I say it's basically about a little eight-year-old boy, you know, trudging through the snow, going from bar to bar, shining shoes in bars to help uh, get money to feed his brothers and sisters. And while he's in these bars, Frank Sinatra is singing on the jukebox. And then that same little boy, fast forward, years later, is carrying Frank Sinatra's coffin out of a church in Beverly Hills, California. And it's all the things that happen in between, you know, from that little boy shining shoes in the bars to one day carrying Frank Sinatra's coffin out of a church in Beverly Hills, the things that happened in between that knocked him down, but he kept getting back up again. And I've been a stand-up comedian for 50 years, so it's called Still Standing, but it's a double entendre because I've been knocked down, as we all are in our business, mm-hmm. and rejected. I, I was physically knocked down, as you read in the book. Yes. But, but also, uh, you know, the rejections that we go through in life, but I'm still standing. Throughout all that, I'm still standing, you know. Yes, and and it's a classic... It's a classic rags-to-riches story. It embodies the American dream, but it's also, as you just alluded to, Tom, it's also uh, what Jack Canfield would call a mountain story because, as, as you just mentioned, you, you had a determination from, from a very young age 
that you you wanted to be someone you wanted to you wanted to be the type of person that one day people in your hometown of Harvey Illinois would line up and say hey that's Tom Dreesen and there were many mountains that you encountered throughout your life but through hard work and determination you cleared those mountains and then some you know i think it yeah thank you that's almost the ego pursuit of wanting to be somebody, wanting the people in the town to, the, the, where I came from um, to, to recognize me or think that, that I had accomplished something. But more than that, it was a pursuit of trying to find the work that you love. And that was my dilemma that, you know, growing up and then, I mean, it's amazing to me sometimes how people at 14 know exactly where they want to go, you know, and what they want to be. You know, for me, it was much later in life, and I was uh, feeling so unfulfilled and, and just searching, going from job to job, wandering aimlessly, you know, from the, after the four years in the military, coming back home and being married and having kids. But every job I did, I felt I, I did well, but I was always saying, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And th- that search for finding the work that you love, and, and I finally found it. You know, I was praying for it. I was honestly, I would be sitting in bars, as you read in the book, I'd be sitting in bars at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning with my buddy sometimes saying, I don't belong here, but I didn't know where I belonged. And I began to pray and saying, God, what is it I should be doing? Help me find what it is I'm supposed to be doing. And that first time that I went on stage and got a laugh for something I had written the very first time, it was almost like an epiphany, like the dark clouds open up, like a B-movie, the dark clouds open up and the sun burst through. My whole being went, oh, yeah yeah, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to be a stand-up comedian. And, and, and uh, as you know, in the book, I, it was a Friday night that I went on stage the first time, and I couldn't sleep all that night. Saturday morning, I got up and I went down to the church that I used to be an altar boy in, that I, where I went to school when I was a kid, at Ascension Church, and there was no one there. The church was empty. It was a Saturday morning. And I prayed. I got on my knees. I said, God, I now know what I want to do. I, if I could make my living as a stand-up comedian, I'll never ask for anything else. I'll do charity work. I was making all these promises, you know. And 50 years from that date, that was September 1969, and September 2019, I went back to that church, and I gave the sermon on Sunday on the power of prayer. And I told the congregation, I said, look, right over there, that's where I knelt and asked God, could I make a living as a stand-up comedian? I didn't say, could I become a star? I didn't say, could I have a famous sitcom? I didn't say I'd become a movie star. None of that. I just said, the thought of you could make a living making people laugh overwhelmed me. And God answered my prayer. And so I kept my promise, and God kept his promise. And, and, uh, and that's the name of that tune. Tom Streetson is on the line with us. Tom Streetson, longtime opening act for Frank Sinatra and uh, Sammy Davis Jr., a man who has made people laugh nonstop for more than 50 years, fixture on late-night television, including 60 appearances on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and many, many, many appearances on The Late Show with David Letterman. David Letterman wrote the foreword to Tom's memoir, Still Standing, Still Standing, My Journey from Streets and Saloons to the Stage and Sinatra, the story of Tom's unlikely journey from shining shoes and dark saloons from the south side of Chicago to traveling the country as the opening act to the greatest entertainer who ever lived, Frank Sinatra. Still standing, available wherever books are sold through Post Hill Press and Simon and Schuster. You can follow Tom Dreesen on Facebook, Twitter, and its website, TomDreesen.com. Donna? Tom, I love the chapters that dealt with your early days in Harvey, Illinois. 
And I love the descriptions of your family. And something that stood out to me was your uncle Frank. You described him as a performance artist. Well, he was really elaborate? But, but when I was shining shoes, by, by the way, I'm, I'm throwing in a cheap plug here. The book can also be gotten at Amazon.com. You know, a lot of people are getting it on Amazon. It's got over a hundred five-star reviews on Amazon. I'm bragging now. Forgive me, but um, this is this is the Tom Dreesen show. You can brag as much as you want. Okay, but yeah, <laughs> that, that, a lot of people are getting it on Amazon.com. Anyhow, but Donna, in answer to that, Frank Polizzi was my my mom's brother-in-law. She was he was my uncle. He was my my mom's sister's husband. And when I shined shoes in all the taverns in my neighborhood, I would go to his tavern last because my mother was a bartender there, but I would wait for the shifts to change in the factory till I'd go back out to the bars again. And while I would sit there in the corner, my mom would get me a Pepsi-Cola, and I'd sit in the corner and watch him. He would tell jokes behind the bar. And it just fascinated me that he, he could do dialects and everything. He also had a band called Frank Pelosi and the Venetian Ears. He, was, he, could, he sang in the band, and, but, but he would like to tell jokes behind the bar. And it fascinated me that with his vocabulary, his vernacular, his, his, the way he would hit a certain word would cause this sound to come out of people's body when he hit the punchline. You know, this, this sound that would fill the air, this laughter, like electricity, and, and you, you unify everybody. Everybody in the place would be unified. They'd come together. And I just, I just was so fascinated by that joke-telling, storytelling, that I used to tell some of his jokes, many that should not be told on a Catholic school playground. But, you know. <laughs> but yes, I emulated him. Thank you. Tony? No, I, I love the, the Harvey stories, too, but uh, something uh, just popped into my mind. I've been, you know, every once in a while, I'll stumble on, uh, on Antenna TV when they're showing Johnny Carson, and I think I've seen all five of your appearances. I, I, do you ever get? Do you ever watch them? You want appearances on the Tonight Show? You, yeah, you're, yeah, because Antenna TV is showing. Uh, they're they're cut down to an hour usually. Sometimes they have the ninety minute shows, but uh, it seems like often when I'm channel surfing, I find you, and I that, and it's that, happened several I've done, times. I've done a lot of a lot of shows that some I've forgot, totally forgotten about. You know, and, and every now and then somebody will say, "Oh, I saw you on Match Game," or "I saw you on on." Uh, you know, on the, the an old Dinah Shore show, or an old Mike Douglas show, or something like that. I, I think I did fifty Mike Douglas shows, fifty Dinah Shore shows. My manager kept track of all this. He he recently passed away, but he kept track of all these shows. You know, the the interesting thing about the Tonight Show in those days, and and it's in the book, but um, in 1975, wherever you went in America, people would say, "What do you do for a living?" And you say, I'm a stand-up comedian. The next question out of their mouth was, oh, yeah, have you ever been on Johnny Carson? And if you hadn't been on Johnny Carson, in the eyes of America, you just weren't a comedian. You might want to be one or going to be one, but you hadn't been established. That show, 26 million people watched that show, and one appearance on that show changed your life. Freddie Prince did one appearance. He got a sitcom the next day. I did one appearance on The Tonight Show. CBS signed me to a development deal the following day. A guy named Lee Curlin was in New York watching the show, a guy from CBS, and he, they signed me to a development deal. I was, I was broke. I had a wife and three kids. I was living in an apartment in Van Nuys, California, that I couldn't pay the rent, and it was only $225 a month. And I got bumped three times when I went to The Tonight Show and finally got on the fourth time. And that night, after that show, my whole life changed. I never stopped working from that night. You know, and, and when you did that show, it opened up a door uh, to, uh, you know, uh, I can't tell you how, how I, I started doing Dinosaur, Merv Griffin, Mike Douglas, you know, Johnny Carson, Midnight Special, Rock Concert, Soul Train, American Bandstand, uh, Hollywood Squares. They were all, all these shows were 
were booking me as well as singers wanted me to open for them because I could work clean in those days. You know, they had family audiences. So I, I was op- working with the Tony Orlando and Don and, and, and Frankie Avalon and James Darren and uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips and Natalie Cole and Mac Davis. And, uh, you know, and then Sammy Davis Jr., of course, took me on the road. And and, uh, and then Smokey Robinson and, and then finally Frank Sinatra, you know. So that, that one appearance, I'm saying to you, that one appearance on the Tonight Show, I've never stopped working since, and that was over 50 years. It was like that was like 46 years ago. He's never stopped working since, and he's still standing, still standing. That is our guest, Tom Dreesen. Tom Dreesen, his memoir still standing, available Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online, includes many great stories of not only working with Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. But uh, his six years uh, working with Tim Reed as the first and only interracial stand-up comedy team, as well as many stories of Tom honing his craft as a solo comedian at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles, where he honed his craft with the likes of Freddie Prinze, David Letterman, Jay Leno, Robin Williams, and many, many others. Still standing, available wherever books are sold through uh, Simon & Schuster, as well as Amazon.com. We are the real Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg. And uh, who are you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of the Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the real Brady Brady Bros. You mentioned the time when you first came out to L.A. And, you know, this was before you got that first gig on The Tonight Show. And you you mentioned that at, uh, at one point you were living in a broken down car. I don't remember whether you share this story in Still Standing or in your other book, Tim and Tom. But one of the people who kind of reached out and helped you during that struggling period was Carl Reiner. Yeah, what happened was <clears throat> I came out here, the comedy team split up. Tim Reed and I, as you pointed out, were America's first black and white comedy team. History shows we were not only the first, we were the last. And, and <laughs> years ago, but we, and we paid dues like no other comedy team ever had to pay in, in the history of show business because it was a difficult time in those times. But when the team split up, Tim wanted to be more of an actor, and I ended up coming out here to make it as a stand-up. I left my wife and kids in Chicago thinking that I would get discovered in two weeks like you think in those days when you're when your head is not only in the clouds but it's somewhere else you know but anyhow i came out here and had no place to stay but there was a girl singer that i knew that i had gotten her a gig one time and she was going on the road and she said you could house sit for me now i didn't even know what house sitting meant when i lived in chicago sitting on a house meant you were going to burglarize and anyhow, so, but I stayed at her place, and now when she came back, she said, you can't stay here anymore because my boyfriend is very jealous, and, and he would not like this at all. So I ended up, long story short, had a problem, but I ended up sleeping. There was an old Nash Rambler in her alley where it was up on blocks, and, and the front seat came down. I ended up sleeping in that car for like a month, hitchhiking up and down Sunset Boulevard, you know, begging to work for free every night at, at the comedy store, and finally got on at the comedy store, and and became a, a regular. But one night, Carl Reiner saw me. Actually, his wife, Estelle, and he were in the audience. They were looking at some other comics, but she liked me a lot and told Carl how much she liked me. So he 
came outside when I was outside and gave me his card and said, come to my office. And I went to his office. Long story short, he put me in a film where I did a scene with uh, uh, Penny Marshall and Rob Reiner. Rob, Penny didn't have the show yet, Laverne and Shirley at the time, and Rob Reiner was just new on All in the Family, but they were doing a film with their father. And, and so I got paid for that, and that helped me get money to go to Canada to do a TV show there, to go to Chicago to open for Fats Domino at, at Mr. Kelly's in Chicago, and to get my wife and kids and bring them back out here. And so, Carl uh, Reiner, it's interesting when you look back over your life, <clears throat> a career of 50 years, that if somebody would say to you, what was your biggest break? Well, you'd think it would be The Tonight Show. And it was. It was at lunch. But then working with Frank Sinatra was wonderful. Working with Sammy Davis, who first took me to Las Vegas, you know. And, and so there's breaks all along the way. Carl Reiner seeing me that night at the Comedy Store. Had I not been there that night at the Comedy Store, had I been on later or something, I would not have met him. You know, that would not have changed the course of my life. You know, um, when you look back over your life, a long career like I've had, there's so many moments that you say, had I gone there the day later this would not have happened you know so I, that's why i've always come back to the in my mind there's a master plan that you know everything everybody you meet in your life it changes the course of your life it's all part of a master plan i, I really believe that yes and in in a way timing is everything you know when you're you're at a certain place at a certain time and you meet certain people and, then, and if you're just five minutes before or five minutes after maybe none of those things happen I'm working at Caesars in Lake Tahoe with Smokey Robinson. I was there for one week. On any one of those nights, Frank Sinatra was appearing at Harris next door. And, and any one of those nights, I could have went to see Frank. <clears throat> for some reason, I chose a particular night, called over the, the Harris and the maitre d'C. Yeah, Tom, don't worry, because I had worked Harris many times. He said, we'll, we'll get you in real fast. I came off stage. I didn't even change out of my stage clothing, and I ran over to Harris. As I was running into the showroom, the Holmes Hendrickson, the vice president of Harris Hotel, saw me, but he was talking to a big heavyset guy with a cigar. And he called me over and introduced me. It was Mickey Rudin, Frank Sinatra's lawyer. And I said something very funny that made the guy laugh. I mean, Holmes Hendrickson said, Mickey, this is Tom Dreesen, and I think Tom would make a great opening act for Frank Sinatra. And the lawyer got a pained expression on his face like he heard that a million times. And he winked at Holmes Hendrickson. I caught the wink. And he said to me, hey, kid, if I gave you a week with Frank, would you want more than uh, 50000 I said, Mr. Rudin, put it this way. If you gave me a week with Frank, would you want more than 50000 <laughs> <laughs> And he started laughing. And a week later, I get a call to go to work with Frank. Now, you know, and, and, and the rest is history. You know, I end up being with Frank 14 years in 45, 50 cities a year. But my point is, what if I would have went the night before yeah. or the night after? That moment would not have happened, and that I would have never worked with Frank. But I really believe that's why when I look back over my life, I really believe every, this, that, that, that you, know, you know, I believe in a higher power. I believe in God, mm -hmm. you know? and, and, and a lot of people don't, but that's your prerogative. I think it's, I, I believe in a higher power. And so I really believe God has a plan for you. And if you believe that, and then everything that happens in your life, good and bad, is part of that journey. And, and, and I'll say one more thing. And I sound like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure people in Hollywood say, he's a religious nut, which I'm not. But I believe in this higher power. That sermon that I gave in that church called The Power of Prayer on that Sunday, it was quite simple. It's common sense to me. I said to the audience, how many times out there, how many, raise your hand, if you were thinking of somebody and you hadn't seen them for years and the phone rings and it's that person you're thinking of. 
I said, or you were thinking of someone you haven't seen in years. You walk around a corner, you bump into you, that person. You say, I was, I was just thinking about you. And the whole congregation raised their hands. I said, if human beings can transfer thought, and it's obvious we can, we just talked about how, you can, how that happens. I said, then how much could a supreme being, if human beings can transfer thought, you think a supreme being can't hear your thoughts or your prayers? All of that being said is that, that all of my dreams have come true. Doing this show is the pinnacle. Um, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Dreesen is on the line with us. Tom Dreesen, legendary comedian, longtime opening act for Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr., and a pioneer in stand-up comedy, particularly during the six years when Tom and Tim Reed broke barriers during the height of racial tensions in the late 60s, early 1970s, when they performed together as the first and only interracial stand-up comedy team. Tom's memoir, Still Standing, is not only filled with great stories of Tom's years performing with Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., and other showbiz legends, but gives you a glimpse of who they are as people. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Zoom. We hope you'll stay with us when we continue our conversation with Tom Dreesen here on TV Confidential. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life, but it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.